0: Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we we'll learn from past tragedies to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk at a turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class session on pure skull let's do this this is a breathing exercise right if you're going to do a breathing exercise coming in don't leave me hanging that's not fair i want to feel centered walking into this too
1: take the deepest deepest breath in your nose you've taken all day in your nose Ah. Ah. exhale through the mouth breathe in toxicity exhale breathe in purity exhale toxicity
0: Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by special guest, Katie Chinakis, better known as Katie How are you doing? Fabulous.
1: Jay, thanks
0: for having me. It's an honor to be here on your show. Oh, it's an honor to have you. I couldn't have been more excited. You're an actor, author, poet, and a DJ from Detroit. Yes. That's hardcore.
1: Yes. Right on. So I grew up in the Detroit electronic music scene, and I grew up in the Detroit electronic music... One moment. I'm so sorry.
0: Take your time.
1: Okay. Let's circle back around with
0: that. I stopped letting this bother me a long time ago. It it used to. Kind of like trying to give your, you know, your mother-in-law tech support over the phone. It used to bother you that
1: bad. Now, eh. It's the first time this has ever happened. Uh, New York life. (laughs) Uh, Maintenance. So, yeah, I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and I grew up in the Detroit electronic music scene before DJs were popular in Western civilization. So I had the biggest DJs in the world coming to my backyard, and I was a kid, and I would be at these rave parties all night to the early morning and going to the after party, and I would always be, like, the last one to leave, like, the party. And I was just, like, a fan and, like, the music music and the DJs and like, like I would be at like Motor and like Cam Tramic and Bad Boy Bill, the largest house DJ in the world. He's from Chicago. He's my homie. He's been a mentor, someone I've looked up to this whole entire time as like an anchor. And so I would be just like dancing and just dancing and sweating and just like everyone would just be like you know like dancing their heart out and your heart would just be like like pumping so much and we would just get out of our minds and it was just ecstatic and epic and just like so inspired and inspired so I really loved going to parties when I was a kid and my ear got trained with like you know 16 bars and the diversity of like drum and bass and jungle. And like, that was my, my favorite, like hard hitting beats. And I just loved it so much. And there would be these big speakers and like the turntables and like, here's the DJ and here's me. And we're just like chilling. It wasn't like celebrity or anything like that. You could just be like right next to the DJ and and just chill. So um, growing up in that environment and then, and then through my journey and then full circle in 2016, um, my music partner, Nikki Scorpio turned me onto this DJ music program. They didn't have that when I was a kid, and so I went for one year because I love making commitments. I went for one year to DJ music school to see what kind of DJ I was. There's so many different kinds of DJs, not only the music you play, but the equipment and the instruments that we use. So yeah, so so that was really amazing. So for my birthday, 11, 11 I was releasing an EP of dubstep and um, future trap, and then it turned into a full album. And seven out of 11 are instrumental, and then four tracks actually have spoken word, which is amazing because I do voiceovers, and I do poetry. And so, um, you know, in the 21st century, I actually did produce and directed two music videos to two of the songs on the album and I put it on my social media so then directors and producers and casting directors who know my work and want to see good quality of who I am and what I'm curating and who I am and what I stand for because people want to be authentic and vulnerable of, you know, the brand and who the person is in nowadays, right? So they're able to see me but then hear my voice and then contact my team to book me on a union project right whether it be a tv show or a movie a director could be like oh they could see me and they could be like oh she could be good for this movie or tv show you you just never know you have to be we get to be creative and just put our content and our messages out there with our voice you know and find our voice and be confident with our voice so that's kind of a bit of a tangent of
0: DJing and music and culture. No, I love it. You're passionate. Yes. It's, it. you can feel it. It's in your DNA. Yeah. And I love that. And I want to put a pin in a certain portion of this journey, right? And that is that you started out in music around people that were trying to achieve the same goal that you were. And it was not something, because this is one of the things I like about EDM music and that scene is that people aren't there to be angry. They're there to commune and enjoy the energy from the music and get on the same level. And I feel like when you grow up as a child in an environment where you get to enjoy two particular things, the good energy of a group of people that all have the same intent, and you get to blend that with high-quality music that utilizes so many different frequencies, which leads me into my first question about your music. Sure. Quantum mechanics, quantum physics, solfeggio tone, you know, utilizing energy within your music. Where is that inspired from? And how have you used it throughout this album?
1: Sure. So my whole entire life, I've been like a soul being and into uh, meditation and a uh, spiritual path. So it naturally led me through um, studying neuroscientists and all of the biggest spiritual leaders in the world and going to, you know, conscious life expos and being a part of sound baths and sound bowls and connecting with like-minded beings and souls who like connect, you know, um, traditions um, you know, me being Greek Orthodox, Christian, growing with like the Greek mythology and then, you know, coupling that with science and just being in LA and growing up in that culture in LA and being around people So um, Nikki Scorpio actually met um, Eric Thompson, a scientist from Subtle Energy Sciences and introduced us. And then um, we were, you know, toying and playing around and putting, um, you know, quantum physics and music. And so when I released my solo um, EP on October 20th, 2020, during the pandemic, because what happened was when we had so much lull time, I was able to take my catalog of music and just like put it together. And I'm like, Oh, I have funk. I have dubstep. I have drum and bass. I have house. I have hypnotic energy. So I decided to release my first hypnotic energy EP and Nikki, um, and I had a conference call with Eric Thompson and, um, he's doing great work. If you check out his website, uh, um, you know, subtle energy on, um, Instagram or subtle underscore energy, And so um, he sent me all the Sofagio healing frequencies. And I was a kid in a candy store. And I was like, oh, which one? And because we were in all on lockdown, for me, what attuned was 639 hertz healing frequencies for forgiveness. I thought I know I needed to do a lot of forgiving of myself, of my relationships, of my career for the last two decades. I felt like on a planetary level, we all needed to do a lot more um, forgiving and healing of one another. And I so I decided to attune and vibrate to that frequency for my first solo EP to come out. And then a few months later, I released um, a house EP, and I paid homage to DJ Bad Boy Bill, who's like my mentor and friend, um, and he's the best house DJ in the world. And um, I chose three hundred and ninety six hertz healing frequencies because my vessel, after forgiveness, after a few months, I moved to I I moved to removing guilt and fear, and I actually released it um, on my mom's birthday. So when I released it on my mom's birthday, it was kind of like a sacred ceremony contract of like releasing um, any regret or feelings I had towards my personal family members of anything, applied pressures that I thought that were put on me by projecting or by my own psyche, right? Sometimes we take on responsibilities that we have to take things on, but we only put that on ourselves. And so I was able to be responsible and reflect and, um, you know, rise to the occasion. So that's kind of like the vibes with you know, attuning to healing frequencies in music. And like, maybe it's not macro like a Taylor Swift or a Britney Spears, but if you hear it, someone hears it, whenever they hear it, it's going to attune and be a part of the ripple effect on a quantum level, how it's supposed to be with that intention. And it's more of an intentional project than, um, you know, like a mass production.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. I love the intent and I love what you're, Where it's coming from is amazing. And I want to take a step back to where you said that you utilize some lyrics or some spoken word within Dreamland 1111. But you're also an author and a poet. Mm-hmm. Right. So I see that it's almost poetry. I've listened to some of your uh, some of your songs. In fact, In the Space, In Between is probably one of my favorites. Mine too. It it just struck a chord with me.
1: I almost didn't and record that one. I almost didn't. Of
0: course you didn't. It's of the one you I almost didn't. didn't record. Yeah. It always is. It always is. It's the one on the cutting room floor that gets picked back up.
1: It was the one that took the least amount of time and I just did it in one
0: take. Bingo. Because it comes from the heart it's always the easiest route yeah nobody gets that if you're trying to force a square peg into a round hole over and over again You'll get it in there. It's But it's going to be fucked up. It's not going to fit right. It's going to be ragged. It's going to maybe get the job done. So your spoken word, if we took that from Dreamland 1111 and we were to look into your poetry, I want to, I'm going to tell you, I opened up the book the first time. And the first page I opened it to was page 19. And it was probably about the eighth or ninth stanza um, in Panda, right? And as soon as I opened it up, it said, Feel the pain, feel the sorrow, feel what's now and what may not be tomorrow. What does that mean to you?
1: Feel the pain. It's a part of life. Feel the sorrow. It's a part of life. Feel what's now because we're just so blinded and disillusioned with how things are because we don't want to feel that, but it's a part of life because we might not be here tomorrow to have the opportunity to feel the, the bliss of sorrow, you know? So for someone like Kilil Gibran talks about joy and sorrow. And so to understand the brightest, brightest rainbow and the extreme highest joy, you have to feel the depths of some kind of sorrow. So if we're not willing to feel the sorrow, how are we going to be willing to feel the ultimate joy when there could be a higher joy, but we
0: don't know? I actually liken this to trying to make everybody walk around in humanity with a giant cheesy smile 24/7 how long before that is creepy as hell you need sadness otherwise it looks like madness
1: sadness is really healthy it's it I, is it's healthy it's very healthy um two things i would like to mention one earlier you mentioned choices um about you know making choices and Caroline Mice, myss she's a mystic intuitive and she has a tech talk on choices and she talks about the micro and macro choices and people who make they think the macro choices are breaking up with a partner or like moving or like purchasing a car. Like those, she people think those are the macro choices, but it's actually the micro choices, like what we're drinking. Um, it's like the micro choices that actually are the macros results in our lives. So what you said earlier about choices is so pertinent and to be aware and to practice and to study what quality choices am I making day to day, moment to moment, hour to hour, and then have it be an interpersonal game to check on my choices because we're so oblivious of like the 10 choices we're making in a day, the micro ones that are actually causing us the macro issues and holding ourselves back and um, emotionally stopping us from within, right? Those thoughts you were mentioning inside. So unless we have a coach or someone here to hold space as we are to kind of contemplate and break these sectors down, it becomes very irritating to do the internal work and people don't know how to start. What do I do? How do you do the internal work? Because it's energy, it's quantum, it's, it's, a, co- it's a collective connection that's faith and trust um, and a belief that money can't buy and that we can't see and obtain and touch, but it's breaking it down and it's the irritation from within to to get internal to go to grow through and to weed those things out and it can be very um strict and um very stuck in a way unless we have Uh, communication to break down the boulders and the emotions and to just hack and go through it like a mountain or go around it and not because our emotions stop us from
0: what we want to do you know and and i love exactly what you're saying and i think um to add on to that i think that there's a key word in all of this and it's action so those micro choices that you were discussing are action. They are in action. Inaction is actually a choice as just as much as action are. And those actionable steps create your future. They give you what you need and what you were talking about with those boulders and those barriers and those different things. Right. But then we stopped on emotions. Right. Emotions are something that because I want to point something out because there are those barriers that she said they are hard they are trials they are tribulations but the emotion ones are super fascinating because those to me are like curtains like veils of silk between me and my destination if I were to remove the emotion from that situation you know whatever perspective I'm taking on from it oh I'm being judged or I can't do this because because of how I grew up or nobody will believe in me or I don't believe in myself, whatever the, those are, right? Those are simply just thick little pieces of silk hanging between you and action because well, in reality, mm-hmm. they don't exist. Well, see, And um, uh, um,
1: emotions is energy and motion. That's what emotions are, energy and motion. So whatever it is, whatever curtain or silk or color you want to put to it, It's an energy. And so is the energy being stagnated because you can't communicate or dismantle non-attachment? Or if someone, or having the perspective of someone's, you mentioned judgment. So if someone's judging me, it means they're judging themselves. If someone's judging someone, it's an, oh, that, yeah. if For people who want to know, like, how do I start and start messy? Start being aware of when I naturally start judging someone. When I start judging someone instead of projecting and feeling that jealous or that envy or that irritating feeling. And if you want to do it, just scroll on Instagram or something and notice when the mind starts to judge because we're liking it. And then they're, after we're liking it, then this vicious cycle comes up where we start um, deteriorating our self-worth and we start judging. So if anyone wants to get tra- Trigger, just scroll on the social media and get triggered. And instead of projecting it out, say, "Oh, shift to curiosity. Why am I triggered by that? Why, and I'm judging this person. Why? That's how people people can start start doing some work. And that's where some of the internal. And then what happens is when we're along the way, it becomes an interpersonal game. Where, oh, I'm judging that person. Oh, I catch myself judging that person. Oh, I'm judging oh, that's curious, I'm judging. And you you start making a game out of it with yourself instead of beating yourself up about it and not being hard on yourself.
0: There's a bridge to get there. And I I don't want us to skip this because I think you might agree with me. And there's, mindfulness is key in making these determinations in the moment, right? And I think I would be remiss not to point out, and you said it earlier, meditation. Meditation is the backbone for a lot of the understanding that we're discussing right now. And it's not... I'm not saying go out there, cross your legs and sit on a cliff like somebody's on Instagram or whatever the hell else they're talking. Put your fourth point of contact on a chair, your posterior, throw in some headphones and put some crappy meditation music in your head, whatever it is. But just sit there 20 minutes every morning, 20 minutes every morning. Swear to God, 30 days later, you'll want to buy me dinner. It will change your life, whether you believe it will or not. And it'll give you the ability to make these micro decisions. Why? Because it slows down time. Time starts to slow down and you see a gap between your emotion and what is causing it. The, The perceived cause. And you get that gap and you start to ask yourself, where'd that come from? Why does that even exist? Why does that coffee cup that's sitting on the counter, why is it always my trigger? Why is it always something that pisses me off? Oh, Maybe I was told as a kid to stop leaving shit out. Maybe we had to leave things a certain way in the house because we might expect somebody, so we put up a false front. Anytime something's out, somebody might judge us. So many weird damn things. Maybe get your ass beat because the coffee cup's out on there. Whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, is you get that gap where meditation provides you that mindfulness gap where you get to see the coffee cup before you're angry and then make a decision. The Can space I put the in coffee? between. Thank you. The space in between. That. That. That is why it resonated with me when I when I heard that. I was like, "Son of a bitch." I was like, this is what I discuss all the time with people. The space There's in between.
1: It's the space in between. We're at a dinner, we're at an event, we're at a family, we're with our partners, we but what about the space in between? The consciousness and the silence. What are we doing with that collective energy and intelligence? And so, you know, a lot of people thought I was like a monk or a nun growing up because I enjoy silence. I my whole life I I've never turned on the TV to go to bed. Um, I like, I don't want to say never, but like (laughs) rarely ever have put ever been put on a TV. If I'm a, I've been a guest in a lot of people's homes around the world, they'll say, Oh, this is how the remote works. I don't put TV on. If anything, I'm putting classical music on oldies, Frank Sinatra. But I usually, I like to read audiobooks or podcasting. I'm usually in silence. Like the, the more I can get with my collective silence and quiet the mind from not only quantum detoxification, environmental detoxification, you know, sound, vibration, because there's so many sounds happening right now, whether we're attuned or not, right? No matter how quiet our spaces may be, there's always sounds going on. So um you no. have
0: to find silence within that that storm. You have to be able to separate church and state and sit there and recognize that Everything that you're taking in is a choice as far as those outside stimuli. You can sit and meditate. We just don't realize it. We're just afraid to do it. Because why? Because there's thoughts sitting there that we don't want to address, that we're scared of. Every time we sit down, we think about, you know, the most heinous things on the planet. Or we have thoughts that we've been told we should feel what about shame. The fuck is that? It's a thought. I didn't pick them. They showed up on their own. They pop up. But we'll even do that during meditation or when we're afraid to do it because we'll see that we judge ourselves perceived on, you know, based on the thoughts that we have in our own head. Two
1: things. No. One, um, Abraham Hicks is amazing um, on YouTube and streaming everywhere for guided He's got a
0: fantastic last name. Hicks. That's my last name.
1: <laughs> there you go. So you won't forget. I love this
0: guy already. <laughs> yeah, you won't forget.
1: She's, Abraham Hicks is amazing for guided meditations for people who need to be guided and they, you know, we need courage and support along the way. Um, The other thing is what you said about the reaction of the fear and the reaction of what the illusion is in people's mind is it's going to be how it was last time. But that was seven years ago. That was five years ago. I'm evolved. I know new language. I'm not that person anymore. It's not going to be as scary. So to be able to go in and hack It's not going to be as scary as it was when I had my last breakup or when I, when that last bad thing happened, because I'm going to handle it different. Although my nervous system and, uh, but on a cellular level, I'm going to be able to respond in a new, ethical, responsible way. Yes, my emotions are still going to come and go, but I know they're like clouds, they come and they go. And then we have community and people and podcasts like this that we can tune into so we don't feel like all alone in those moments in the space between where it can feel Very lonely.
0: There's a Chinese philosophy, I'm horrible, my memory sucks, but it says something along the lines of to worry is preposterous. And it really means you got to be fucking Nostradamus to get your worrying on target. Nobody gets it right. All you did was fuck up now. Thinking about something that hasn't happened yet, that you're not going to get right, that you're hedging some weird, bizarre bet on because you think you know what somebody else thinks of you. That's a clusterfuck. Nobody knows what anybody else is thinking of you because guess what? 99% of the time, the person's thinking what you think about them. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for um, validation.
1: So of course, we're all, everything, everyone's saying a lot. It's just because I want you to like it. I want you to heart it. I want you to agree with me. I want you to um, like me. I want you to talk to your friends about me. I want you to think about me tomorrow. I want to be invited to your event. You know, everyone's just like wanting to be loved and liked and not shamed and not blamed. So we need to not shame and not blame ourselves first.
0: It really does. I was talking to somebody earlier today about how you can affect change um, despite those around you, right? Despite what they're doing, who they are, or whatever the actions are, because you, at the end of the day, you have control over one thing, thing only, that's yourself, right? So if we were to look at that from the perspective of meditation, that kind of thing, is that if you can only control yourself, you have the onus is on you. Well, if you're we trying can't really to affect even change. control ourselves. Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. The onus is on you to take the time to perfect who you are so that you are leading by example. When you cannot utilize or you have to be something that is, if you have to be a light or a lighthouse for other people to guide themselves by, do it by taking care of yourself first because you will not affect change unless you personally believe in yourself. Nobody believes in somebody that doesn't believe in their And you won't believe in yourself until you sit down and you take a toll. You take account for everything you've done, whether it sucks, whether it's great, whatever, whatever it is. Because here's the reality. It's all fucking insanity. Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to say, hey, guess what? We're all walking around in a fucking cloud. So cut yourself some slack, right? Nobody asked to be born. That's just my rant for the day. I I feel like we just don't give ourselves any compassion. We don't give ourselves what we actually would nine times out of 10 give to somebody else. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at the tragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And Now, back to class. I heard the other day something that kind of resonated with me. It was talking about the internal mind right? And imagine yourself, the one that the internal mind talks to, right? Imagine that was a roommate that you lived with. Now, everything that you tell yourself in your head, would you look at your roommate and sell, uh, just sit there and say all of those horrible self-deprecating doubtful hateful all of those things that bring you you know that right right you to your core those are the ones that hurt the worst the absolute worst because these are your core wounds That you're judging yourself by. Would you tell your roommate those things? And if not, why? And when you figure that out, why the fuck are you doing it to yourself?
1: Yeah. Kindness and compassion is everything and it starts with self. And And it's good to take action and write those things out. We only, we have, we can only focus on one thing at a time. So anyone who's tuning in right now, I honor you and I respect that you're here listening right now, is for a reason, it's very intentional. And we only can focus on one thing at a time. So where attention flows, energy goes, where energy goes, attention flows both ways. So we can only focus on one thing at a time. So if it's like, I want toes in the sand, toes in the sand, or I want rainbows, I want rainbows, we're going to do an abundance of rainbows and toes in the sand. But if we're repeatedly focusing on the person we don't like, or the job that we hate, we're just going to magnify more of that. So it's going to take leverage and action to dismantle it, to pull the roots or to shape shift and give distance, you know, for example, here's a, here's a half. So if you have to, t- if someone has to talk to someone, they're like, it's my family member, or, this person I have to, um, it's like, I'm, I have mm-hmm. to talk to them. It's like super glue. So if I talk to someone, this is just an example, once a week for one hour instead of giving them, but you know they're toxic in your life and, but you have to have them. Instead of talking to him for an hour a week, talk to him for 45 minutes. The next week, talk to him for 40 minutes. The next week, talk to him for 30 minutes. They're like, oh, I got to go. I'll call you back. And then you talk to him the next week. So then if you're doing that, like a month later, you're saving 30 minutes, one more hour. So you're taking that energy, your, your time, and that space back for yourself. And you're, when you love someone, you let them go slowly. So you're dismantling, instead of just like cutting them off immediately, you're, you're doing it in increments, one hour. 45 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And then you're they'll find misery likes company and they'll find someone else to fill up that time. But you're shifting your attention and your energy to more of what you want in in a healthy way dismantling the toxicity because it can be toxic for both parties, you know? It
0: it always is it Is 100% always toxic for both parties. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because somebody's trying to fill a void in either direction. And with parents, or parents, sorry, Freudian, I don't know, with those toxic relationships and, and families. It's we feel like we've been conditioned to believe because you said you know take that time back take that time back we've been conditioned to believe right energy correct we've been conditioned to believe that space in between when, when we don't have that conversation with that person that loved one whatever it is that we should be ashamed of not spending that time with them. So we get guilt ridden. People get, well, I'm supposed to do this for a certain amount of time to to fulfill that prerequisite of societal whatever it is. We create our own voids, right? But what I'm saying is you don't owe anything to anybody else in these situations. We owe it to ourselves to respect our personal space and if somebody is trying to derive their happiness from your misery, then you need to cut that off the way you we described.
1: Get to. We get yes. we get to it's an opportunity. And um what I'm saying based on what you just shared is when we feel guilty and that we have to do something or we feel shamed afterwards, Then that's an opportunity to say, I am being inauthentic to myself. If I'm doing something out of guilt over and over, I'm doing it and I've done it. I've given so many people money and I've I've given so many people like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothes thinking because they're this person in my life, I have to give it to them and I have more abundance and I I want to share this abundance, but I do it because I love them. But I also was doing it very gluttonously, like very, it was very gluttonous of like overextending when I could have sold these items or given it to other people who would have been reciprocal and appreciated more because then they just threw back in my face. Oh, you just give me materialistic things. But my love it language is gifts. And so when I get gifts, like my best friend gave me this beautiful t-shirt I'm wearing. I think of my best friend who's a stylist who gifted this to me and the moments we were together um, on the Upper East Side and those fun times we had but that's my love language and there's five different lo- love languages and there's a beautiful book on it you can listen to it on audio for 45 minutes it's magnificent and I have multiple love languages but one of my love languages giving all these clothes was like these are beautiful clothes and they were gifted to me and I want you to have them and so so when there's someone's re- saying throwing it in your face like oh you just think you can give me materialistic things but their, their love language isn't mine, and I can't expect and I was projecting that like this is my love language here you go, but for I wasn't attuned that they weren't re- reciprocal of that love language and so then but it was hard not to give those gifts because I was unconditionally loving that person
0: you should be grateful regardless of what somebody gives to yeah. you yeah i I kind of I was thinking about that the other day I was like, it's almost disrespectful to judge or care about it is disrespectful to judge or care about what you're receiving because it's 100 the intent it's 100 that somebody took the time to think about you yeah because we don't get many things because remember you said you get to focus on one thing at once truly focus on one thing at once and if somebody chooses me as a moment from their time Fuck yeah. I don't care about the gift. The gift was the thought. Exactly. It's always the thought. The
1: energetic thought. You were thinking about me.
0: I go to pranks. I love pranks and funny stuff because there's more in it, more thought and more fun. And it's more memory. And I just get a kick out of fucking with my friends. So it's just one of those things. I love that kind of gift. That's, That's one of my languages because... I don't, I want people to be happy yeah. when they come across me. Yeah. You know, I want to share that kind of energy. So that's yeah. my, that's one of my love languages yeah. humor.
1: Yeah. Love that. Totally. Get it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about forward thinking. Sure. NFT, poem on the blockchain. What does that mean?
1: Oh yeah. So I'm an NFT artist. I've been in the space since 2018. Um, I was just at Art Basel. Um, NFT is a non-fungible token. Um, I released my album, Dreamland 1111, on the blockchain. Um, an NFT artist and collector, um, Blake Jamison, he uh, bought two of my NFTs from my album. So that was really cool. He um, Congratulations. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That's huge. That's huge. For those of you that don't know out there or don't have, you know, haven't quite gotten into NFTs and cryptocurrencies or blockchain to be able to be an artist on the forefront and release a non fungible token and have it purchased on the blockchain. Is fucking huge. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't have my applause button or whatever it is from the 90s. I'm You know, hey, check it out. Yeah. But honestly, that's super cool. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Shout out to Blake Jameson. He's an amazing artist. And, uh, like, he's like, oh, he, he's like, I'm going to buy one. And uh, he did. He bought Unforgettable Genius. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to buy two. And then he bought Kyrieki, um and Huntress um, Armidas. So that was really awesome.
0: That is awesome. It, we're actually discussing, I'm in talks with, um, we're looking at, I might as well just go ahead and say it, uh, the show is going to be taking a, uh, a break, but it's for a good reason. Huh. We're switching the format from being a episode or what is the, the word that I'm looking for here? One after the other. Um, seasonal instead of that we're going to become seasonal i'm right? seasonal
1: in my podcast yeah
0: right um actually you have your next season coming up soon right yeah
1: it's a, and i have an ah. nft podcast
0: too that's what we're doing with our podcast
1: and i have a lot of artists on uh, that, cool that's amazing and i have a lot of yeah. um, nft artists on the podcast
0: that's awesome i would love to uh collaborate at some point cool. i want to see these artists because we're going to start taking because these shows are really important. And I we put them together for the guest because at the end of the day, it's a conversation between myself and somebody else and they're bearing their soul, right? This is therapy to anybody that gets in front of a microphone when they talk about themselves and what they've been through. So what I want to do is be able to create something for them that represents the strength that they've been through, or, or the, you know, the trials and tribulations and the strength that it took in order to achieve where they are today and make those NFTs and give people the opportunity to have that, you know, memorialized and see what they're capable of. And the fact that everybody will hear that until the end of time, they are affecting change. So I think that what you're doing is amazing because what people don't realize is we live in a world Outside of blockchain is subject to judgment. It's subject to outside influence. Whereas when you're inside a system like that, you're keeping art pure. You're watching the hands that touch it. It's being given the respect it deserves. It's not just Pikachu on a backpack flashing. I know that people think, like, I know it's hard to... You know, I was having a discussion with some people the other day about cryptocurrency, right? And I'm new to it, very new to it. But then I thought about it. If I'm going into the metaverse and so you're talking about real estate, stuff like that, right? And I'm, I'm thinking about what is the difference between my life today and a metaverse lenses? Because if I walked into my home today and I had, say, just a set of glasses that made my home the metaverse, right? Then I'm seeing the same damn thing that's digitally rep. The art on the wall is just as important as the art in the metaverse. Well, because Because. you're
1: such a spirited, open being, you get it. And this is a...
0: took a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is a revolutionary time we're in right now. And we're still very early into the space. And I'm actually, I'm a community builder and I'm onboarding people into Web3, into the new world. And so that's why I, you know, love to connect with other people um, especially, you know, women and, you know, all humans, but um, onboarding people into the space. So there's two different worlds happening. Like there's a whole new world that's being created. It's like, it's growing massively. So there's going to, there's two worlds. Like people don't see the distinction yet, but it's already happened. There's there's people living in two multi-different universes happening right now,
0: actually. It's going to hurt for a little while. It's going to be painful because change is painful, Right. There's going to be not a always, generation. but, no, but there's gonna be a generation that's going to look at this and it's going it's not going to make sense to them. It's okay. Right? It's going to go it, it's going to go away for them, and it's okay. Yeah. We have to embrace this yeah. because there's no other direction to and, go.
1: And to make it really like um simplified for the person tuning in, it's like it's this, okay? It's the um, the dragma, right? The the currency, the franc in 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 France. The franc, the dragma in Greece, it was dismantled, discontinued in 2001, in my lifetime, while i have been alive, right? It's just a new form of currency. So people who are like mind blown and they don't understand the fundamentals of plastic and cash, it's just the same thing as a European language, a foreign language um, country having a different coin. And so in, in back, and here's another short example of back in the day, there was the gold rush and people went to California to physically mine gold in the land and in, in the planet now with technology and everything with the technology, people are digitally mining with their minds. So there's mining happening, but we're doing it in the cloud. Like we're just not physically doing the hard labor with our bodies. We're physically doing the labor with our brains, right? And connecting right. with other humans and technology
0: in the space the metaphor that i've used in this situation has been baseball cards when i'm talking to people that are that are trying when i'm trying to bridge that generational gap or that um you know that out of that rural gap because that's a hard one. That's a hard one to get people to swallow when you're not around technology. And what I try to explain is, would they be more comfortable if they knew how many dollars were always out there or how many baseball cards existed and do they have there's only going to be a certain number. You always know what's in circulation. Nobody can ever con you. Nobody can ever take it away from you. It is always in the same bucket. It's a limited edition. Whether it's money, whether it's an NFT, whether it's real estate, but all of those things, it is finite, just like the earth is. That is what's so cool about this. Even though it's growing, it's still finite. That that real estate that everybody's purchasing, it's going to go up. It is going to be a different world. We're not going to have skyscrapers anymore. That's going to be the change that people are going to have to swallow. Right. Gone is the day of porn or, you know, going through all of this natural gas to get to cities where you see like this pulse above the earth. They said that like the, the space station, when the pandemic happened, that you saw almost like the earth take a deep breath and gasp because all of these cars every single day were not going in droves in and out of these big cities and it got quiet it was quiet so the animals animals came came out out. because it got quiet
1: all the noise pollution it got silent it got clear and also this is not financial advice this is just education and my own artist experience while being engulfed. and i did it as a dj my friend in 2018 there are all these and it's such a new space. So like there's all it's a free for all right now. People are building DAOs, People are building platforms and you have to make sure these people are ethical. It's just like when you buy a brand of shoes. It's like, what is this brand stand for? So like when you're going into the space, is it good for the environment? There's ones that are more environmentally friendly. There's ones that are just. Set up really one click for artists who have ADHD or for people who can't deal with admin stuff, and they don't have to remember things because they forget things. So there, all these platforms are being built, and there. And I was with Jessica, who is the president. She's the CEO. She's the um yeah she of Vayner NFT Gary um, uh, V. So Jessica, she's the um, president of Vayner NFT. And I was with her in um you know Miami, and she was on a panel for this uh, Women in series and you know she was saying like if you think about it like this the people in the space who are building the DAOs and the platforms and everything it's like an iphone one like they it's stupid like they don't know what they're doing people are just putting it together oh, and putting yeah, it's it out. big old
0: eight-bit graphics or less it looks like an atari 2600 right now Like
1: you just put the stuff out and and what pops off what what infrastructures sustain and build because it's a part of a collective, not only the technology, but the people involved. So like I'm, I just, um, you know, I'm doing some things with some people and I'm really excited to announce it in the new year. So that would be really cool. But it's uh, women empowerment, it's women in the space. And there's like a bunch of cool things happening. So I'm excited and it's a lot of fun. It's a way for people and artists to take the power back and then to get the incentives of like when you put the percent every to. time it sells and resells like the standard is 10 percent and you get that well if, if you're if you're an artist and you're selling an nft uh, a photo of anything or a painting a physical painting you get the commission and that's it 20 20 30 sales down the road you don't get that percent ever again it's the broker but with with nfts in the blockchain it because of the technology you are grandfathered in and like let's say the Mona Lisa or whatever sells 30 times over like those funds will always like go to my grandkids, you know, it'll always the value when it goes up, like I will always get that initial percent that I put. It's kind of like being a union actor. So if you're SAG after you're a union actor, you get residuals when they put your your voice on the radio or in cartoons, or if you're in the movies and TV, as a union actor, you get 10% and they have to renew it and you get paid in foreign countries everywhere. But if you're non-union, they could just give you $300 or $3,000 or $300,000, whatever the campaign is, and they could use it for eternity and you don't get, it's a one-off. So the way our, our society is, move, is shape-shifting too is everyone's going to be getting their own residuals and with honor and not having to project things out. Please like my artwork, like my poetry. Let me find um, you know a publishing house to publish. No, I can self-publish. I, can, I don't have to ask you for my self-worth. I don't have to go around the world and get scammed by bots and scammed by different people who are going to please like my work to put myself out there. You know, it's a great way to take power.
0: It's, it's putting, you're, you're right. It puts power in the hands of the creators. And if we are shifting, this is, this is all part of, you know, the dynamic and the change of the world is that it is being handed to the creators. It's being given back to them. And The onus is on us as creators to make sure because people give away their mindful moments. I say it on the show all the time. Since since humanity has decided that they don't want to be mindful, they're going to focus on something. And you better damn well, if you're a creator, put something in front of their face that's worth consuming that'll make them better. That'll give them a chance to see who they are and get better. And as creators... We need to make the decision to put together, come together and write a new future because we're capable of anything. We keep doing what we put on screens, on paper and books. There's a reason why we keep achieving each and every one of these fucking goals. Oh, we go to space. Of course, we wrote about going to space before that. You know, cell phone. Yep, it was on Star Trek before that. We can do anything. Problem is, is we're writing ourselves into a fucking corner where we're not going to be able to get out of it. Turn on the Gaia network and turn off the news. Okay? Yes.
1: So we're numb, cut off and numb like society. Cut off, numb. And so to get unstuck and um, to start feeling again, we need to stop numbing ourselves with the TV and, you know, um, with news and doing those micro choices every day that are the macro
0: results. Fuck the news. <laughs> I won't go near the news. Like seriously, through the whole pandemic, after like the first month or two, because I was going through my own crisis, I was on my knees fighting my own demons, doing all these things. And that fucking tv with that those talking heads recycling the same shit coming out i don't care what political affiliation you have all i realized was none of that shit mattered to me because all i could do was take care of me in that moment and my family so what did i do i shut the shit off i shut it off and i turned it on like once a day for like 10 minutes Make sure there was no fucking COVID zombies and turn it back off. Yeah. we're not going to be beaten in the door anytime soon. Nobody's, you know, dragging a foot, half dead outside. We're good. Yeah. Let's just stay in here and figure out what's going on with life. Yeah. But that's, that's what I think people think. That's what's been a catalyst for this change. There's been people that have always been doing it. There's a group of people that have always been trying, right? But now there's a a new opportunity with what you're discussing. We can go straight from farm to table with with art. Farm to table with art. Farm to the emotion. Heart to to the mind immediately. Heart to heart. In these situations, we can actually hand our art that way. Yeah. Without somebody stirring it, seasoning it, flavoring it, putting a fucking mask over it. Doing all that other shit Authentic now. Authentic and
1: pure. Authentic and pure. One thousand percent. So, based on the um, things we've talked about thus far, something that has come up three times that I would like to share is um, Miguel Ruiz has an amazing book called Mastery of Love. He wrote the Four Agreements, which is amazing. But Mastery of Love, he talks about how we're all very primal beings, and then we get domesticated. So. When we are realize that we've been domesticated, but people like you and me and the movers and shakers of the world, they don't get domesticated or, you know, they, they fight the system from being domesticated. But it's a great place for someone to start with a white canvas to understand, like, we're all living in these dreams and which dream are we living in? It could be a nightmare of a dream. So to dismantle and hack and be aware of the conscious thoughts we've we've been having or unconscious thoughts, but really study um, mastery of love, and it really gets you to your primal state of being and showing unconditional love you know for humanity the planet and to create we're all artists we are all artists all of us born born artists. born artists we're all born artists like everything is an art form no matter how
0: we look at it it's our perspe- it's our perception and appreciate it this is something that i didn't i appreciated art let me put it this way i appreciated art that was hanging in a museum that i would go and see or a piece of music or something like that but you said everything is art everything is everything is a creative from a creative mind, everything. So, guess what? Next time, you know, when when I thought about that after I started creating myself, yeah, I was like, you know what? When I'm standing in the shower. And I, you know, somebody picked out the tile that's on the wall that's got this design on it that looks like a shell or whatever it is. Somebody sat there with a pin or a, you know, graphic design, whatever it was, and spent the day creating what they thought was a really cool piece that could be used for people out there, no matter how minute it is. Somebody still put their time and effort into it. And we forget that we have to appreciate that shit. We have to be grateful. We have we to be grateful. To, yeah. We get to. We get to. We get to be grateful. Yep. That's a great way to end the show, actually. I think being getting to be grateful is something we should realize. It's an honor to be grateful.
1: It's an because honor. Because that means
0: you've received something.
1: It's an honor to be here in your presence and having this conversation. And it's just a simplistic honor to be taking this breath in. I mean, what a gift to be in the universe and to take a breath. If we can't even take this breath, we're not having these experiences. How are we responding and reacting to these experiences? They seem so intense, right? Some seem very boring. Some seem intense. And earlier you were talking, we were talking about action and inaction. And that's what an actor is. They're in action. They're storytelling. They're just telling other people, other human stories. And that's what acting is. And that's what we're doing as humans. We're telling Dude, a story. We're so acting. We, we're
0: acting right now, every single day. Everything we do. We're telling oh, stories. That's what the logo is. The, the masks are the representation of the acting that we do throughout life. Tell people all the time, listen to a conversation with your mom and then listen to a conversation with AT&T that you had. Check your voice. Yeah. And come back and see which one was authentic.
1: Nikki right? Scorpio and I, we uh, uh, wrote a song called Public Persona. And it's... and and my birthday the uh, the the 1111 if you look in the in the there's a a book there's a book of birthdays and if you go to this bur- book of birthdays 1111 is the veil it's the mask it's the veil it's the unveiling so it's like
0: everything happens for a reason
1: everything happens for a reason and if we acknowledge it is one thing if we deny it that's another but when we're denying it and we're denying ourselves To even connect that will for ignorance, but it's like to deny if one is denying that they're special, but because people have been conditioned to say my voice doesn't matter. So to start messy to find out if it doesn't matter, if it doesn't feel that it does, let's get to a space of when what rings true. Let's start saying this doesn't ring true, but what does ring true and and follow that, follow
0: that river. No matter what religion, race, creed, color, whatever your position is in life, we can all agree on one thing. That we're created one way. We're created one way. And to be anything but that authentic creation every single day is a slap in the face of whatever, whoever, wherever. You were created from. So if you have the impulse to dance in your kitchen while people are doing whatever in the house, or if you want to run around and give people high fives just for the fuck of it, I can guarantee you if that impulse is in you, one of the people that you give that high five to needed it. Mm hmm. They needed it. Yeah. So act on those impulses to give. Act on those impulses to affect change. Take care of yourself. And thank you for giving people someone to look up to and being a leader amongst all these veils. I appreciate you. Please tell everybody where they can find your music, your poetry, your books everything because you are what you're a renaissance person i told you that the first time we talked thank you it's a very rare thing in this day and age i appreciate you i
1: appreciate you thank you so much that's such an honor i received the the beautiful kind words and i embrace it thank you so so much um a lover's fairy tale poetry book is available on amazon barnes and nobles anywhere you get your books you can go to loversfairytale.com and chanakas.com. You can put in your email. I set, I have an automation set, set up where it sends you nine out of the 11 um, poetry pieces that are spoken word that I actually produced um, over the last decade um, that I directed and produced and starred in. Um, so you can hear the essence of my vibe and my voice of where I was during those moments and what I was growing through as a poet, as a human. And um, yeah, chanakas.com, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S. I do coachings one-on-one with people no matter where they are on their journey. And I'm on all social media platforms and you can um, find that through my website as well. Oh, and then obviously tune into she's all over the place. We have sixty-eight episodes up, so binge get When's season
0: four coming? It's season four, right? Did I get that right? Season four. Check me out.
1: Yeah. It's a well, it's a women empowerment series focused on um um focused on divine femininity and all genders and then also um we have um a bunch of like nft information and stuff going on with the podcast i love
0: that Yeah, Uh, this episode that released this week was eliza sherman and she is um She's a pioneer in technology from way back, way back. Like she was listed in so many different magazines for being one of those, you know, influential entrepreneur women. Um, but she has a brand of, it's like, it's a, it's called Elementa. And it's education in cannabis and things like that for women. Cool. Right. Yeah. And I'm butchered the hell out of that. So go to Elementa and check it out. I'm not good at plugs the way you are. Just man, I was, There is a gift to giving people the recognition they deserve when you're making these appearances and when you're on shows. And one of the things that I respect about how you handled yourself during this interview was that you chose places to put the people... cared about into our show so that people could map their journey based on what you've seen. Mm. And that's really cool. So thank you for doing that. And we're going to mark those throughout the show.
1: Oh, great. Great. Yeah, definitely. Definitely pay it forward, add value. I'm here to share and care. And it's like, you know, I wanted to start my podcast nine years ago and uh, I didn't know how to get on the train tracks until someone showed me in 2019. So I took action then but what I'm sharing is two decades of my experience. And if something took me two decades or 10 years, but it can take you 10 months or 10 days or one day, I want to hold hands on this journey of life and grow through it together. Like why suffer? Why not know when we can show people, you know, like how, how to do it in a simplistic way. So they win and they win and they feel good. And then they're like, Hey, let's go to lunch or Hey, I'm, I got, I got a golden ticket. I got an extra one and this one's for you. And it's like, we hold hands together. and We give the gold bricks to one another. You know, we can't just collect all these gold
0: bricks away. waste. be happy down. alone. That sucks. Yeah. Being happy alone sucks. And, you know, you know what? You're not happy because you're alone. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I like, I've I'm, I'm, I've been alone many I times like and sharing.
1: I feel good, but you no, need the alone sharing. time. But totally, yes. it's like we don't need, we're not taking it with us when we go. What are we taking? I
0: mean, on our journey in life, yeah, yeah, yeah. we I'm should just be kidding. surrounding ourselves with friends. But I got you. All right, so thank you so much, Tidiaki. Thank you, Jay. Did I get it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at the you can find us on all the majors of social media on instagram at the tragedy academy 2019 on tiktok at the tragedy academy and on twitter at tragedy underscore academy where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows updated info and thoughts if you'd like to be a guest send an email to show at the Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items, things like the fly was over four inches to the left or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey. You'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM. A team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to effect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink. They don't fade and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles and the art is nothing short of spectacular with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. End of the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is 30 day money back guarantee, lightning fast shipping, and hassle free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes, Get over there, check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the AM. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.